Hi guys, welcome back to the Humans of Hope podcast. Today we spoke to Tom Sykes, who is a lecturer in music performance. So Tom spoke to us about his family background in music and how this shifted for him into an academic career, the misconceptions around studying music academically, and the impact of the current coronavirus pandemic on the music industry. So if this sounds like something you're interested in, stick around and I hope you enjoyed the episode. Hello everyone and welcome to the Humans of Hope podcast. My name is Steve. I'm a student recruitment officer at Liverpool Hope University. And I'm Mia and I'm a graduate advocate at Liverpool Hope University and today we are joined by Tom. Hi Tom. Hi Mia and Steve and uh, I'm lecturer in music performance at Liverpool Hope. Lovely. So thank you for joining us on the Humans of Hope podcast. So to kick things off to dive in, um, we normally kind of asked you a little bit about yourself in this first bit and about like your subject and your what you've studied and research and stuff. Um, so taking it all the way back to the start, what is it about this subject that's made you interested in it to be involved in it at this level at teaching at university? Um, and has it been always been something you've been interested in or did it maybe come later on in life? Yeah, um, I've been interested in music for as long as I can remember. Um, I think it's because my dad is an amateur musician and he was always involved in performing music and listening to music and so on. So I was kind of surrounded by it at home. And then um, we found out that there was a visiting music teacher going to my primary school offering free lessons. Um, and it turned out to be the violin that she taught. So I ended up having violin lessons. Um, for free and I was lucky I suppose because nowadays it doesn't always happen um, in the unfortunately with cuts in funding and so on um, kids don't always have the opportunity to learn an instrument for free um, although there are some initiatives um, including one in Liverpool that is trying to um, do, do something about that but certainly uh, when I was growing up I, I had lessons for free and uh, I continued having violin lessons all the way through school until I was 18, um, all for free, which was amazing. And the only thing that we had to buy was the instruments, basically. Um, and when I'd started having violin lessons, um, I also started getting interested in the piano because we had a piano at home. And um, so my parents um, decided that they would pay for piano lessons, um, seeing as I was getting the violin lessons for free. So they paid for piano lessons, I had piano lessons for almost as long uh, until I was 18. And so while, whilst I was at school, I was involved in various musical activities and attending a music centre on a Saturday morning and things like that. And it was performing music with other kids that really kind of kept my interest because I think um, it's tough if you're learning an instrument and you, you're just doing it at home and you haven't got anybody else to work with and in those days you know we didn't have things like Zoom or the internet and, and ways of collaborating online so um, you know if you wanted to play music with somebody you had to actually be physically there with them uh, and in fact it's still the best way even now um, because the technology hasn't quite caught up with with what we would ideally like to do 
so I loved playing music with other kids and that's what gave me the impetus to keep going because it's hard learning instrument and um, particularly the violin is one of the hardest instruments to learn and if you can get through that early period of excruciating noise and and uh, parents probably wishing that you that you would stop um although my parents were very supportive i, I should say uh because they wanted me to to learn um and once you got through that difficult period and especially when you start playing with other people it gives you that social aspect as well um and something to look forward to i always looked forward to joining in with the other kids on a saturday morning um and so i got more and more interested in in music until the point where well i actually when i was uh, thinking about going to university um i was also interested in sciences and uh, my dad was trained as a scientist and so he was encouraging me to to do that as an academic route um but it didn't really work out for me and um i i ended up sort of not really knowing what i wanted to do but funnily enough when i was um i was it's sort of in a bit of a, um, a kind of lost period when i was about 18 and i ended up working at a supermarket and my music teacher from a sixth form college used to do shopping there and he said to me why don't you apply for music college you're a good enough musician to do that and i thought well i don't know i didn't sort of have that much confidence in myself at the time but he managed to pull a few strings and got me an audition at Leeds College of Music and I went for the audition and to my surprise I actually got in and so I did a, a degree at Leeds College of Music and I'd got very interested in, in jazz and as well as classical music whilst I was a teenager and so I did a, a degree in jazz and um, when I got towards the end of my degree, I wasn't quite sure exactly what I wanted to do, but I'd done a little bit of private teaching on the side when I was a student and I enjoyed it. And so um, I thought, well, maybe I should go into teaching. So I applied to do a PGCE um, in secondary music teaching with peripatetic teaching. So that's instrumental teaching. Um, and I got a place and I was due to start the following September after I'd graduated. In the meantime, um, there'd been a, a, a little note that had been put up on the college notice board asking for somebody to teach violin and piano, my instruments, in a, a music school in Spain, in, in a city called Granada. And uh, so just you know um just for the the fun of it i just applied for this job i just had to write a letter and send a recording of myself playing and didn't think anything of it and i was right in the middle of my final exams um at music college and i got a phone call um and it was you know i remember it to this day because i was living in a shared student house and this is before everybody had mobile phones and um we had one house phone and the the phone rang and one of my housemates answered it and said oh there's somebody on the phone for you they're ringing from spain <laughs> and i thought oh, this is unusual and i'd almost forgotten about this application that i'd done so i ran downstairs and answered the phone and they were basically offering me the job 
And they said, well, we'd normally interview somebody, but it's going to be a bit difficult. Um, so we, we'll probably interview you over the summer informally when, when we're, because the head of the school was due to come over to England. Uh, but in the meantime, we are offering you the job. Um, so, you know, you'll start in September if you want to. And it was for a year. So I accepted the offer, um, having sort of already accepted this teacher training uh, place so I, I rang the university where I was doing the teacher training course and said would it be possible to defer it for a year because this job was for a year and they said yeah that's fine so I deferred my PGCE and went over to Spain um, and uh, it was really you know in at the deep end teaching um, in a language that I didn't speak um, and I had to quickly you know learn enough Spanish to be able to teach um, the the people that I was teaching but it was a great experience um, and so uh, I ended up sort of it was almost like doing a gap year but I was being paid for it you know and it was it was a job um, and then once that finished came back to the UK and did my teacher training um, and then once I got my PGCE um, I'm from Yorkshire originally and um, whilst I was doing my teacher training a job came up in Sefton for Sefton Council um, doing instrumental teaching so I applied for that and I got that job and so that's when I moved over to the Merseyside area. Um, I taught in Sefton schools uh, for a few years um, and so that was my first kind of full-time um, teaching job in music. All this time I, I continued to be an active musician so um, I've always done professional performances, classical and jazz mainly. Um, and so I, I um, had the job teaching around the schools and then um, a, a job came up um, at the City of Liverpool College uh, to be a lecturer in further education um, in music. So that was my next step and um, I uh, got that job um, at the City of Liverpool College where I was for a good number of years and I sort of worked my way up in terms of the teaching level so you're asking about teaching level <clears throat> um, at university level and um, so although I started at the college um, teaching sort of level two level three music um, I almost by chance I ended up taking over the HND that um, we ran in music uh, because one of my colleagues who had been running it left um, to, to go to a new job <clears throat> so nobody else seemed to want to take it on so I ended up taking on the HND um, and we um, gradually we replaced the HND we, the HND was a very good course but um, we decided it wasn't quite um, right for the students that we had because we uh, wanted to change some of the modules so we decided to do um, a foundation degree which we wrote ourselves um, and had to get it validated by uh, John Moore's University uh, and, and there's, there's a whole story about this which I can't really go into in detail but um, we tried various places to um, try and get a new course established one of which was Liverpool Hope as it happened so I've had links with Liverpool Hope for a number of years and we did try to establish a partnership um, but for various 
um, technical reasons it didn't work out in the way that we were hoping it would do um, so we ended up um, getting validated by John Moores and then uh, we continued the foundation degree with them for a, a short while and then we had to revalidate with different universities um, and then most recently um, the uh, advertisement for lecture in music performance came up at Liverpool Hope and uh, so this is where I'm where I am now and and it's been great um, starting at Hope even though it's been really weird under the pandemic having to do you know half the week yeah. uh, from home and and uh, but because I'm doing practical sessions with students I do actually go onto the campus um, for two and a half days a week which is good um, so it allows me to, to get a feel for the campus um, and I've been given a few other kind of responsibilities as well such as um, an integrated masters um, that we're running um, for the first time this year and, and things like that so that's in a nutshell kind of where, um, where I've been and uh, how I've got here. Yeah that's really interesting when you um, when you said Spain I know Steve was the same we were both like oh I wasn't expecting you to say that and yeah, yeah. it's really interesting kind of how you came to where you are now I know one thing that I definitely resonated with is my sister used to play violin and oh, yeah. it mm. was terrible in the <laughs> house. It would just always be like, ee, ee, ee. Um, so I don't think she ever powered past that the bad sound. <laughs> I think she gave up. And then yeah. I used to play piano and I think my mum must have just hated it. She must have just, <laughs> it drove her insane. But, um, but what you said as well about playing with people rather than on your own, I definitely mm. agree. I used to love going in and playing with like my friends and being like whoa like sounding probably rubbish but like you're all having a great time well well that's it I mean I think music is a social activity at the end yeah. of the day um and that's why it's it's so much more rewarding to be able to to make music with other people I mean some people do manage to do things as solo artists and and you know um, make music on their own very effectively and some people enjoy doing that personally I prefer um, performing with, with other people that's the, the kick I get out of it you know mm, definitely um so I know you said that you I know on your academic profile there's a yeah. lot about like kind of what you've what you've been doing and stuff and obviously at Hope everyone all of our lecturers are, are active researchers yeah. um and I could see a lot of a lot of bits about jazz and and that mm -hmm. kind of thing kept popping up so what are you currently maybe researching or writing or investigating into is there anything that's that's mm. on your radar right now well um when I was doing my PhD um that was to do with with jazz but it wasn't um, directly to do with performance. I was looking at sort of um, uh, digital technology and, and the way in which it is used, particularly actually by audiences um, rather than, than musicians. Mm -hmm. um, because there is a perception that audiences for jazz tend to be at the older end of the age range. I mean, maybe that's changing now, but certainly um, there has been that perception and that perhaps people in uh, you know particularly uh, retired people in the past may not have engaged perhaps with digital technology so much but it was interesting that when i was doing the research i found there was a change from when i started because obviously phd takes several years to complete and um the, from when i started the research to when i was writing up my 
thesis, um, the even the the older um, members of of the audience were starting to engage with YouTube and and social media to find out about what kind of jazz activities were going on and um, and get information that way, which only a few years before they hadn't seemed to be doing so much. Um, but anyway, I've kind of moved away a little bit from that, and I'm looking more at sort of more pedagogical um, things, but still in the general area of, of jazz and, and music performance. Yeah. And recently, um, I've been uh, because I'm a violinist, but I'm also into jazz, which is you know not that common. Mm. Um, so um, I've been uh, teaming up with another violinist from Finland um, who is also a sort of a, a jazz and education researcher and because we're both interested in jazz violin we've been doing some research in that we've recently had an article published about the uh, teaching materials that are available uh, for jazz violin which is surprisingly there are quite a few now but you know this is quite a recent phenomenon only sort of 10 years ago there wasn't much available for people who wanted to learn jazz on the violin um, but there are quite a few books available now and there are quite a few um, teachers who are sort of advertising courses and so on um, so that's what we've been looking into um, and we're sort of pursuing that a little bit more and I'm, I'm still collaborating um, with uh, this researcher in Finland on um, on that sort of area um, and we're hoping to be able to publish some more work um, of that sort of thing in the near future. I think what's interesting about the, the conversation so far, and maybe this shows a little bit of my ignorance, is the, the certain elements that are unexpected. And I think it's because um, our, we all have a relationship with music, essentially, yeah. don't we? Yeah. Um, you know, I have a relationship with music as I'm like, you know, the, imagine the average person who's not musically talented does but what I'm realizing now is the complex relationship behind someone who is interested in your side of music and actually mm. how that's somewhat different quite different to the relationship maybe I have with music or mm. it has and stuff like that but um what are some some common myths around uh, music as an academic discipline um I think perhaps um people who are, have not studied music may uh, either think that it's very dry where you're sort of studying composers that died hundreds of years ago <laughs> or that it might be the other end of the extreme and that you uh, you know if you're doing a music degree you, you spend three years playing the guitar mm. and neither of those are completely true but obviously uh, you know we, we try to um, make the connection between um, the the academic study, if you like, sort of historical, contextual, theoretical, um, and the practical um, study of music, whether that's composition or performance, um, and so um, uh, it, I think that certainly at degree level and certainly at Hope, we try to cover a sort of fairly broad. Um, uh, study of music in, in its in its wider sense and in fact again I, I don't know whether this is 
um, a commonplace myth anymore. I think it certainly used to be that um, music degrees were very classically orientated um, mm. until the the popular music degrees started appearing. And now, um, well, for let's say the last 30 or 40 years, there have been more and more popular music degrees springing up in different universities. And it's become definitely um, a, a large part of, of what is offered um, at degree level um, for music. And even some of the, the traditional conservatoires that used to be very classical in their approach are starting to offer jazz degrees more and more. I mean, the, where I went, Leeds College of Music was the, the first um, sort of music college or conservatoire type music college to offer a, a jazz degree. But even then, when they first started it, it was uh, supposed to be sort of for commercial music. So what they thought of as commercial music was musicians who were very versatile, who could play jazz but could also play classical music could do pop sessions and, and do a range of different things um but since then there have been a lot of popular music degrees that have, have come along that as i suppose people would tend to think of them as being separate from a traditional classical music degree mm. now at liverpool hope what we try and do is we say we, we offer uh, music but we don't try to say that it's any particular genre of music and so one of the things that I like about Hope is that we welcome students who have a classical background or a pop background or a jazz background or what you know various different routes into um, music study and we try not to be um, sort of focused on any particular genre. I lost my mute button there. <laughs> and uh, um, there was a fair bit of background noise, so it just felt like I had to uh, mute myself there. And so I guess what the the misconception and myth that I sort of take from that is that um, there's a common misconception that music degrees don't change the times as such. Because certainly when, <laughs> um, when you know, again, talk about my relationship with, with music in particular growing up in, in school, the kids who were into music were the ones who were playing. They were in school bands. They were the you know the rock kids and stuff like that. And mm. you know I was into that kind of thing. But then equally, I did have. If you were to ask me about a music degree, without having the knowledge that I do about it as a from an outreach point of view, I probably would have labelled it as something for people who were into classical music or you know to mm. those more traditional instruments. But what I'm getting from you saying there is, it's quite possible for someone like you just said from a jazz influence to be on the course, but maybe from a hip hop influence or, you know, a, a heavy metal influence or mm. something like that. There's a, the degrees evolve with the sort of climate of music, would you say? I, I think so. Um, interestingly, with the, um, the advent of popular music degrees, um, there are quite a lot of institutions that are sort of specialising in that. Mm. Um, and in fact, I've, um, until recently, I was an external examiner at um, a, a group of colleges called the BIM, um, British and Irish Modern Music uh, Institute. And that's a private music college with several campuses all around the UK and abroad. And they are very much sort of offering popular music. Um, and they, I suppose, 
and institutions like them are trying to sort of widen the opportunities for people who are not classically trained mm. to to be able to do a music degree and you know i think um that that's that's a, a good thing however i it still can t tend to be a little bit sort of it could be considered to be too far the other way so you get yeah. the the classical music on one end of the spectrum and and the pop um, degrees at the other end and I, and I think there's a useful middle ground which hope is you know uh, is there for and n not just for the the middle ground of the music but for people who are interested in other subjects and one of the sort of quite unique things about hope is the combined degrees that are offered mm -hmm. so that um, students can can study another subject alongside music um, but certainly, um, I think we've still got some distance to go to to sort of um, make things, if you like, a, a sort of level playing field uh, in the yeah. sense that, um, that there are sort of debates to be had about uh, how much music theory knowledge do we expect students to have. And, and for Liverpool Hope, yeah. we still want them to have a grounding in music uh, theory knowledge. Um, so, uh, and, and I think that's a good thing, you know, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, um, but uh, it can still uh, possibly exclude some very good musicians who just don't happen to have those that music theory background. Yeah. Having said that, because we've started offering a foundation year, then we are catering for that mm. um, more now. So um, I teach the foundation year students as well. And those students uh, are often, in fact, the students I have in the group are talented musicians, all of them. Well, there are some who are doing music production, so they don't necessarily play an instrument mm. um, particularly, but they all have musical talent. It's just that they don't necessarily have the academic background in music. Mm -hmm. And so by doing the foundation year, we can offer that musical, literally the musical foundation um, that would help them in order to get the, the knowledge that they need in order to be able to get onto level C music. So um, I think it's it's a good thing to be able to, to provide that um, for those students who have the potential but just don't quite have the, the knowledge yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you mentioned um, that's almost bridging that gap between um, music as an interest or, you know, yes. into, a, into an academic field. And so for those students or for someone who's listening to this, maybe studying their A-levels, B-techs, whatever it mm -hmm. may be, yeah. is there a particular piece of academic research or text that you would really recommend to listeners as a good starting point for that? Well, um, even though um, it's it's quite sort of traditional, um, just getting the basics of the music theory that we would like students to have is good. So um, there there are various theory books available. the The Associated Board of the Royal Schools of Music has always done uh, music theory. Uh, exams and they have some very helpful music theory books uh, with exercises and all sorts of things like that and there are some useful websites as well like musictheory.net um, where there are free resources for, for students to get the basics of, of music theory because I think um, whatever whichever university they're thinking of applying to and certainly for Liverpool Hope and a lot of the other local universities um, you do need to have a grounding in, in music theory really um, to be um, in with with a, a good chance of being accepted on a, on a course so I would definitely recommend that 
Um, there's a there's a pop music theory um, book as well, um, and I think the the author is um, Winterton, off the top of my head. Um, anyway, the there are particular books available, but the, the Associated Board one is definitely uh, recommended, um, and they're, they're very reasonable to buy as well, um, and that that will give a student a good grounding. Yeah, lovely. And so this um, this final question from this section is normally yeah. one that um, guests need to have a little think about or mm-hmm. maybe it catches them off guard. But do you have like a random fact about your area or something that you'll um, pull out in a dinner party to really impress people? <laughs> um, well, I mean, there's obviously a, um, a lot of facts about about the music, I suppose, the music industry. Um, mm-hmm. I suppose one thing that has really brought things to light in terms of the pandemic is how much the industry has been affected by it. But prior to that, uh, the music industry was a a leading sort of uh, contributor to the the cultural industries and the, um, you know, and it's certainly a, a good exports um in terms of the you know the what we have in terms of our talent and the way that it's brought um well as put it bluntly money into the into the <laughs> british economy you get the, the british music industry um has been one of the success stories um and hopefully you know uh, it will rise again once we've mm. we've got out of this this difficult period um i wouldn't like to quote numbers in case i get them wrong but certainly you know there there are good numbers of billions of pounds mm. that are brought into the economy by by the music industry and it's possibly bigger than than perhaps some people realize mm. um and no. a large mm. a large part of that until recently was live music um festivals mm. um and and gigs at various venues um were, were a big part of of that industry yeah I've I've never personally I don't know about you Mia, um, as much as I love music and music performance and all that kind of thing, never really seen that relationship between mu- music as an industry and the economy. And I think it's mm-hmm. because it's maybe not necessarily something that's spelled out to us in ways mm-hmm. that other industries are. And so that yeah. that it's interesting that as an industry, as you say, in these tough times of coronavirus it's suffering so much although yeah, it is such it a is. big contributor mm. to our economy and that's that's really struck mm. a cause with yeah. me <laughs> the excuse to put them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that was a terrible pun <laughs> <laughs> but no i think it is it's so important um that people are aware i think of like i think like you said steve it takes it back to like you just kind of interact with music maybe on a day-to-day so like naturally like whether you just put on spotify or whether you're listening to the radio um that you don't really think about the the depths of it and that it is um is me, careers me playing and it, you know a song from a local artist on spotify is me getting my entertainment and not realizing mm. that actually i'm helping them as a as a yeah. almost like as a business um, well yes you, you are to a certain extent i mean one of the the issues with spotify is that it pays very low royalty rates yeah um so 
unfortunately, it's only really the biggest artists that actually earn any money out of Spotify. But that's why the live music uh, scene is so important for musicians who are not world famous, because that's how um, they they can be helped. And certainly um, during lockdown, one of the things I've found interesting is that a lot of musicians have started doing online concerts and things like that and and to begin with a lot of them just did it in order to have something to do and to, and to get the music out there but now more and more of them seem to be getting monetized which i think is a good idea because i think it's it's right that the artist should be rewarded financially for what they're doing um and so you know there's some very entrepreneurial people out there who are managing to um, stream concerts for a, either a modest ticket price or for donations and and I think if there's a, a message for music fans I would say support people by doing this and um, uh, you know engaging with these types of things um, and helping them out financially um, because at the moment their other forms of income are very very limited. So this next section is um, kind of more of like a an applicant-led section. So for somebody who's yeah. listening, who's really maybe considering um, studying with us at Hope and just kind of thinking like, what are their maybe next steps? Um, yeah. So the first question is like, what would you say? Um, obviously, you said you've only been with us at Hope for not, not such a long time. But from your experience, what would you say makes a successful student in this subject? Um, and like what attributes would they have? Right, okay. Um, I think a lot of people think that you've got to be amazingly talented. Um, now, obviously, musical ability and, and talent um, is important, but I think um, that shouldn't be the, the only thing. And as with um, any other subject that you might study at degree level, obviously, um, the ability to to um, be able to take on information and be able to express that. I mean, we, we unfortunately, like every other subject, and not everybody likes writing essays, but it's part of, of, of what happens. Um, but, you know, uh, people who can express their ideas um, in, in written form um, is, is useful. Uh, but if they've been doing BTEC or, or A-level courses then it's likely that they, they will be used to doing that anyway mm -hmm. um in terms of what makes a successful student it's somebody who is um, open to new ideas um open to different genres of music and that's another reason why we don't say that our degree is pop music or it, our degree is classical music it's, it's not any one genre of music we, we're hoping to broaden the horizons of musicians so that they may um, you know develop interests in, in music that they've not come across before so willing to to be open to that mm -hmm. and um, in certainly from the point of view of somebody um, in the music industry for me um, somebody who is reliable and uh, works well with other people good team worker is uh, just as important as musical ability uh, and you know being uh, in the music profession and working with lots of musicians over the years I've worked with some extremely talented people who unfortunately 
have not been very reliable um, or didn't work very well with other people. And to be honest, I'd rather not work with those people. I'd rather work with somebody who may not be quite as talented or as uh, as good on you know playing their instruments or, or singing, but who I can count on to mm-hmm. to be there and to work with other people. And you know they say about the you know show business be nice to people on the way up because you meet them again on the way down and i think <laughs> that's that's very true uh in in music definitely it's definitely important as well and like like we were saying as well music is fun when you when you're all together and it's like a community so it's really yeah. important i think to to build those foundations um yeah. and as well this next question is kind of kind of similar um mm. but i think it'll be interesting to hear your perspective is both obviously a current lecturer but also somebody who has studied music themselves and had to dedicate mm-hmm. themselves to this um, and what advice would you give to somebody who is preparing to study this subject is there any maybe do's and don'ts that you have any tips mm. that you can give somebody yeah I would say that um, dedication to your instrument or voice um, which it sounds obvious but I think um, it's it's not always easy when um, you, you're trying to develop your skills, sometimes it can seem like a big challenge, um, but you do need a bit of determination um, and willingness to to learn some of the theoretical aspects and be able to apply them, um, but to continue being being creative as well. It's always that balance between, you know, get some creative people who are amazing. They have some amazing ideas uh, and their creativity is, is, is fantastic, but they're not always very self-disciplined. And so... Um, it's it's having both of those qualities the the sort of self discipline to be to be able to follow a project through and and to learn in a kind of structured way but at the same time not to stop being creative um and as i said before certainly for music that understanding of music theory and how it connects with what you do on a practical level um is important so anybody who hasn't quite well I tend to in my experience although I've only been at Hope a short time but from my previous job where we had sort of sim- quite a, a wide range of students similar to Hope that are and, and I think that's a great thing you know widening opportunities for people who uh, haven't sort of may have not experienced higher education before but um, sometimes potential students don't always realize that, that they do need a certain minimum level of knowledge it's not just the ability to play an instrument or sing that that's important and so that's why I always recommend getting that basic grounding in, in mm. music theory yeah real um so finally to, to end this section as well um when somebody does come to hope to study this subject um what are, what experiences can they expect from their time on the course obviously it's not just the case of you you sit down and you learn um what other kind of opportunities do they have during their time of studying right well one of the things that um we sort of pride ourselves on certainly uh, more probably more so under normal circumstances when performing music is a bit more uh, <laughs> easy um that we offer opportunities to join extracurricular um activities in music so we have um a, a choir uh, we also have another group called Voices of Hope normally um, and we have 
uh, a big band um, and there are various student-led ensembles that normally operate now unfortunately because of the restrictions that we're under we're not being able to operate them all at the moment but we're hoping to resume um, once it's safe to do so we're, we're certainly continuing with the choir and the big band but we've just had to limit the numbers at the moment but certainly a music student at Hope uh, will have the opportunity to do these things um, a, on uh, sort of above and beyond their normal um, things that they do on the course, which is always to be encouraged um, because it develops their musical skills in different ways. And another thing that we offer at Hope, which not all universities offer, is one-to-one -one tuition on their instrument or voice from a specialist teacher. Um, and they have uh, a guaranteed 15 hours per year of that one-to-one -one tuition, uh, which is pretty generous um, in the sector. Um, and that one-to-one -one tuition is continuing this year. I mean, some of it has to be online at the moment, but um, they they do get that. And that is from, you know, teachers who come in specially to do that, who are specialists on their instrument or voice. Um, and so that's one thing that music students at Hope benefit from greatly. Brilliant. That sounds like it would be definitely, yeah, definitely beneficial. Mm -hmm. And moving on to our sort of final wrap-up section there yeah. um you've you're in quite a um don't want to say unusual but unique position compared to some of our guests so far on the podcast and that as you've mentioned you're still going onto site onto campus yeah. a little bit yeah. and you're obviously i hope we have two uh, teaching mm. campuses we have hope park and we have creative campus so for you normally when we ask this question it, we ask our we ask our guests to cast their mind back to when they mm. were on site but you can answer this from more recent memory. What What is your favourite place on the campus? Well, um, so far, because I've not actually been to everywhere on campus, <laughs> mm. uh, because I only started in September, and because of the the, the obviously restrictions that we're under, uh, not all sort of spaces are available. Um, mm. I have been to Hope Park on previous occasions, so, so I am aware of some of the, the spaces on Hope Park, but I've yet to have a proper tour. Um, certainly on the creative campus, um, I, I have an office which is in the Capstone building and I quite like being there funnily enough. Um, I get a nice view over to the collegiate building uh, across the road and uh, uh, I, I don't know whether I'd say that's my favourite place because it's, it's a kind of working place but um, the, the creative campus is quite special I think because um, it's that nice mixture of old buildings mm. um, and some newer buildings. I mean, the, the Capstone building is is really a wonderful building um, and I think Hope is rightly very proud of it. Um, yeah. And that's that's one of the newest buildings. But um, the, the Cornerstone building I also like uh, because I like old buildings that have been converted to uh, sort of more modern mm. use and yeah. um, and I actually quite like the sort of little um, rabbit warrens of, of corridors and things like that you know uh, um, when I was at music college in Leeds it was like that in the old building um, and even when I started working for the City of Liverpool College we were in a similarly old building full of, of rabbit warren corridors and I quite like that um, and I spend some of my time 
teaching on the balcony of the Great Hall um, on, in the Cornerstone building, and I, and I do like it up there. Um, uh, you know, you're right at the top of the building, and, and there's a great view from up there. So that's one of my favourite places. But, you know, as I say, I'm not familiar enough with the rest of the campus to sort of, you know, mm. if you ask me again in, in a year's time, I might, I might have a different answer. <laughs> <laughs> Just that one thing to highlight from that from that response as well is the, um, obviously you mentioned you're from Yorkshire, which I don't yeah. think is particularly prominent in your voice until you said tour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, okay. <laughs> um, and that was a very strong uh, Yorkshire <laughs> word there. Um, now, you've mentioned throughout um, the episodes, you've articulated some things that really make um, hope unique for the music course that it offers and mm. um, what, what makes it great, essentially. But just to summarise that, what are the top three reasons someone should choose to come and study music at Hope? Well, I think one of them, particularly for students who are not quite sure um, about which subject they want to specialise in, the fact that you can do combined degrees is is pretty unusual and and unique. So, it, uh, and the the sort of liberal arts approach of the university um, is marks it out as being different from certainly all the the other universities um, around Liverpool uh, and and the northwest. In fact, I think. Uh, so that's one reason. Um, I think, um, as I've said before, another reason uh, are the activities we offer on campus. Um, and normally there are a lot of uh, performances going on. Um, it's interesting that when I started working at Hope, um, my colleague in, in the music department said, it's, it's a shame that we're under these restrictions at the moment because normally there's so much going on, but mm. this year we've, we've had to really scale it back. But definitely when we resume, hopefully, normality uh, next year, then we'll have lots of performance opportunities going on. Um, and we've got, um, I suppose, uh, an, another a third reason is that um, because we've got the creative campus, I mean, I think the creative campus itself is a good reason yeah. because it's a dedicated campus for the creative and performing arts, which um, means that you get all sorts of people um, mixing and, and sharing the campus um, from, uh, you know, music performance to drama to dance to fine art, um, etc. And so there are opportunities there to collaborate and work with people from other artistic disciplines. Um, and uh, in fact, I've been uh, put in charge of this uh, integrated master's uh, degree, and that is actually um, an integrated master's in the cultural industry, so it's not sort of specific to a particular arts discipline. And mm. it's interesting the mix of students that we've got on that course from mm. different backgrounds. Um, so, I th you know, I think th th those are all good reasons for, for coming to Liverpool. Definitely. Hope, yeah. yeah, definitely. And um, it's nice that, what is quite nice actually, is that your perspective is from somebody who is quite relevantly new to hope um yeah. and you know still learning things about hope as an institution and about its community but one thing that people always sort of mention to myself and Mia and our colleagues on open days or campus tours is the um is the sort of community feel and the people mm. that make yeah. up hope um yeah. it's which which is sort of how we coined the term human of hope so for you yeah. What, what is it that makes a human of hope? You know, these brilliant individuals that add to a brilliant community. What mm. makes a human of hope? 
I think it's somebody who um, is open to um, being a, to working with other people and compassionate and is uh, understanding of other people's um, backgrounds and, and points of view and so on. Um, because I, I do think that hope is a welcoming place. And I've noticed that even though the start that I've had has been a bit unusual. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the staff, the other staff have been incredibly welcoming and friendly and everybody among the staff that I've, that I've met so far has been very, uh, you know, open and, and as I say, welcoming towards me. Um, and I, I hope that we give that uh, impression to new students as well, even though on, you know, the, the situation is difficult at the moment. Mm. But um, I, I would like to think that the, the students will get that feeling as well, mm. that, that everybody is welcome and that we're all working together. Um, and um, it's uh, about that, that sort of community feeling. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Definitely. No, I couldn't agree more. And um, I think that is a really nice way to, to wrap up the episode. So Tom, yeah. thank you so much for your time. Yeah. It's been absolutely fascinating um, speaking to you about your journey into, mm -hmm. into music and um, the almost sort of uh, current relevance of, yeah. of music and its relevance in degree. Well, you know, I think um, even though the music industry is suffering at the moment because of you know uh, lack of opportunities to perform and venues being closed i strongly believe that once this situation is over um, there will be renewed enthusiasm mm -hmm. for for music and people seem to want music more than ever before yeah. um, and so you know and it certainly hasn't sort of diminish people's enthusiasm for music um so once we get back to some sort of normality then you know um things will pick up i'm sure and i've noticed that the students i've been working with on campus do seem to really appreciate being able to get together in whatever restricted ways they, they can <laughs> uh, to make music um so that in some ways i mean i felt lucky in being able to work with students um mm. on campus in performance situations because my uh, opportunities to perform to people have pretty much disappeared but at least i've been able to work with the students and yeah. so that, that's been great <laughs> well thank you very much it's, yeah it's been a pleasure and hopefully we'll see you about on campus at some and point hope, in the future uh, hopefully also we'll hear we'll hear you about on campus yeah. <laughs> wonderful uh, violin and piano that'd be great right thank you